Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. And I have a guest here on the podcast today. And he is going to be talking about Bazalel with us. And this is Alan Paul. And uh, he does some different ministries himself. He's a creator. He's a musician. Uh, So we have a few things in common with each other, but I would love, Alan, for you to um, introduce yourself to the audience of P40 Ministries. Well, thank you so much, Jen. This is such an honor and a pleasure uh, anytime that I'm uh, able to talk about my passions, which obviously, as you said, is God, Jesus, the Bible, and also about how this is going to relate to uh, what I do as you said, as a creative, as an author and a musician and a creative coach, which are kind of like my wheelhouses. I am um, a performer and a musician, as you said, and also I am a minister at my church, Measure Life Church in Miami, Florida, where I've been a worship minister for 12 years. And um, my platform, God and Gigs, is my personal project, which I do to help musicians, creatives, and freelancers to build a better life from the inside out by applying timeless spiritual principles to temporary creative problems. been doing that for about five years, have a book and a podcast. And uh, yeah, and all of this is just about kind of like <laughs> massaging my own passions and desires and trying to help other people uh, who are in the same boat, who are trying to work outside the church, but also represent their faith as best they can. And there's definitely a need for that kind of stuff. I agree. There was a book I actually read a long time ago called Heart of the Artist. Did you ever read it before? That was one of the inspirations. Uh, War in Orland. Absolutely. That was, uh, mm-hmm. we, did a, we did a study on that uh, back in when I first uh, started working at the church I'm at now. And it was really one of those things that just reminded me that this artist lifestyle uh, even though we are just, you know, I, I believe all people have been given a creative gift, but musicians and worship musicians and creatives especially have like this very specific need that has to be addressed. And I believe that books like that, yeah, it absolutely was a part of my mm-hmm. my foundation, you know, starting to learn to talk about these topics. Yeah. And I, I loved that book myself. And I was wondering after I read it, I didn't see any other stuff like that on the market. And so when you told me a little bit about God and gigs and when I, I researched you before you came on the podcast, <laughs> I, um, it's okay. I'm an open book. <laughs> I, I was looking at your stuff and I'm like, man, the world needs more of this, like a, a Christ centered approach to art and to music and just, uh, creatives in general. So for anybody out there that's listening, if you guys are a musician or a content creator of any sort, you should definitely check out the God and Gigs podcast that Alan does. And I'm actually going to drop a link to it in the show notes of this podcast so that you can uh, navigate over there and take a look at it because it is needed. I, I very much think it's needed and I appreciate your passion as well, Alan, for uh, everything that you're doing 
with your God and gigs as well. Thank you so much for the kind words. And yes, I'm absolutely, you know, again, just so honored to share with anyone I can, including right here in this opportunity that God has given us to talk about this topic. Yeah, awesome. Which is Exodus uh, 36, 8 through 38, and then Exodus 37, 1 through 29. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I definitely recommend anybody listening that you go ahead and read it on your own so that you can understand what we're talking about here today. And I think that's always necessary to go back and read it on your own. But um, for sake of time, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of just describe what's happening here. So first and foremost, it's talking about Bezalel. And this man had God's spirit on him to create all this different stuff. And, you know, he he was not just like a builder and an architect and a construction worker. He was like an embroiderer and an artist and like a gold worker. Like he was doing all this different stuff. And that's why I wanted Alan to come here on the podcast today as a content creator himself to kind of like shine some light on Bazalel a little bit. So Alan, I would love for you to answer some questions. So what is one thing that sticks out to you the most regarding Bazalel? Well, the first thing I would have to say, number one, when you when you read this chapter, as you mentioned, people need to look into it and read through Exodus. And uh, just, just to set up the background, um, this is the time that uh, God, through Moses, is setting out the uh, specifications and how the temple um, specifically, this get the tabernacle. The temple will be built later, obviously, but the, the the tabernacle of the Lord, which was going to represent God, and where He would be really be present with His people that have come out of Israel, uh, come out of Egypt as Israel, and now these specifications are being set up um, from cha- chapter thirty five, where He says it directed to Moses, and now Moses is talking to the people. So, what the first thing that strikes me is that this person that you just mentioned, Bezalel. Um, is given the spirit of God and Moses, first God says it, and then Moses says it and reaffirms it. And as an artist, that is a huge thing. And we, I, and I've, I've done a couple of studies about this and I hope I'm not wrong. So theologians correct me, but I do believe this is the first time that this word for spirit of God is used in the Bible. So the very first time that God outside of Moses and appearing, him, appearing to Moses actually references the spirit his actual spirit entering a person, a man, is Mazzello. And so this key moment is really where I realized that I've been given something special as an artist, as a creative. Uh, uh, the fact that God would use a man, a person, when it came down to really forming all the things that were going to represent him to the people, he chose an artist, he chose a, a metal work. And not only did he choose someone that had some of these skills, but then it says, basically, if I want to make sure I read it exactly, that he put the skills into him. So he did not go to school for these things. And then suddenly say, you got picking him out, say, hey, wait, who's the most qualified metal worker? Who's the most qualified weaver? Who's the most qualified? It says pretty clearly, I believe, let me find this, find the actual scripture. Uh, but he actually puts the spirit into him and then gives him the skills in order to achieve it. So for me, especially for someone that's kind of like has a lot of different uh, ideas and things that like make me happy. And I feel like, wait, am I a musician? Am I a podcaster? Am I a writer? Like I do all these different things and we call that like multi-hyphenate nowadays, I guess. And we, you know, multitasking. And we mm-hmm. feel like all these different skills are like, you know, all over the place. And maybe, maybe I need to focus on just one thing, but yet God, when it came to building the temple and the tabernacle, 
gave Bezalel all of the skills. And, and he keeps saying over and over with specific, specific, I can't say the word, very specifically, all these different things that he made from weaving to laying gold, to, to working on the pillars, to working on the rings from gold and silver. And he's so specific, but every skill is a different ability. And yet, you know, there's a couple of other people mentioned in the Bible where God does also has, you know, he has his workers. He's almost like a general contractor almost. He has other people underneath him that, of course, that are working alongside him, but he's the one that's coordinated. You can almost see him saying, no, God said, do it like this. No, when, you, when he went to the worker, I'm just, you know, obviously picture, this is more like just, you know, my sanctified imagination. But I can, I can imagine him going to other people saying, no, 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 do it like this, because this is the spirit and this is the vision that God gave me to represent him. And the only way that could be clear is that it came directly from the spirit of God. So that's the first thing that impresses me, that, that this is so specific that God said, I want art and representation of my spirit, of my um, presence. And I'm going to use a man to do it. And I'm going to allow that man to have almost an artistic freedom to interpret what I'm putting in his spirit or what I don't, but I don't believe he was a robot. I don't believe that the artist in him and the embroidery was simply God moving his hands. I believe he used the facilities of Bezalel in order to make the things that represented God the best. That's what really strikes me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what strikes me is that, um, you are calling him Bazalel, and I was saying Bazalel or something like that. I'm trying. You, did you see how many times I pause to say which one is it? Because I've heard Bezalel, Bezalel. I've heard of so many different phrases, and it's like we are not Hebrew experts. And I'm so glad that we can say this right now in front of the entire podcast audience that you do not have to be a Hebrew expert yes. <laughs> in order to, to understand and try to dig into these yes. terms. So thank you for you putting know, that out. I am, I am unskilled. I am unschooled just like Bezalel was. <laughs> or Bezalel, I'm exactly. sorry. Exactly. We're, we're, we're counting on the spirit of God to help us say his name. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, one thing that really sticks out to me about him is his attention to detail Kind of like what you were saying and his obedience to do everything the way God had already stated. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that really sticks out to me. Because if, if you look here in Exodus 37, it says, Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. And then he, it, it specifies everything that God had wanted with that ark of the covenant. And then he, it says he made the table. Same thing. He made the lamp. And then the last thing is he made the altar of incense. You know, he was using that freedom he had to be obedient to God. So one thing I want to ask is, um, you know, you and I have uh, similar things when it comes to music and um, different, you know, you do a podcast, I do a podcast. How do we keep pride out of this stuff that God is calling us to do? How do we keep pride out of it? Wow. And you mentioned this earlier and it, it really struck me. And so one of the first things I thought of, even this morning, as I was kind of like doing a little bit of a devotional moment, and I think actually, um, you know, the first thing that popped into my head was, well, everything we're creating, even those things that, you know, when the Bible says in Colossians, it says, you know, do all for the glory of God, do everything to the glory of God. There isn't like specific, I'm very clear about this in my God against platform, that I don't believe in this divide between sacred and secular, only because God owns it all. Um, and um, I, I believe it's Abraham, Abraham Kuyper. I uh, can't believe what the uh, theologian is. I always mix up the, uh, the quote, but he said, there is nothing that the sovereign God does not cry mine. 
Um, and it's just amazing to me that again, that anything we touch and create really belongs to God. Therefore it is to God's glory. And then to say, how do you keep pride out of it? Well, if everything belongs to God, then none of it belongs to me. And therefore I can't take credit or take any pride in any of it. However, uh, we all know that without God in the equation, then pride naturally lifts up to the top because there will be a throne occupied. And the question is who will be on that mm -hmm. throne? And so what I, the, 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 the equation that came into my mind was pride is God, God's glory minus God. That's all pride is. It's God's glory minus God. It's, it's, it's us taking the God out and leaving the glory. And then something or someone, usually us, tries to occupy that place where the glory, and we just talked about Moses coming down off this mountain and all these commandments that was given to Bezalel was from that same spot, right? It was where God was revealing his glory and then saying, my glory will be revealed once per year on Yom Kippur in this temple. And yet, now you have people who are working on this stuff and let's just take it down to our lives, right? We have people who are building things on the internet, building things in culture, building things even inside churches. And yet, are we really witnessing God's glory in it? Or are we trying to get our own glory out of it? So I think the first thing about keeping pride out of it is recognizing that our natural inclination is to remove God from the equation. If you remove God from the equation, pride mm -hmm. will fill that space. And so I think almost like you have to yes. just say to myself, I have to say to myself being very personal, I have to say to myself, um, if, is this a good thing or is this a God thing? Cause if it's just a good thing, then it might just be a me thing. But if it's a God thing, then I can keep putting what he's asking me to put into it. And that's, again, it can be church work, can be any work, everything to the glory of God. But I have to remind that he's mm -hmm. the one that gets the credit for it. And anytime that I kind of feel like it's my thing and that I should be you know, reciprocated, I should be reimbursed, I should be, uh, get the, get the glory for it is where I'm just saying God's glory, but I'm trying to push God out of the way of it. Mm. And, you know, uh, I've talked about this a handful of times on the podcast before, but, you know, I, I truly do believe that there's nothing wrong with doing stuff as excellently as we possibly can. Absolutely. I think it's, it's automatic that like an excellent God would have people that do things in excellence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because I mean, once again, going back to Bazello, when he was he was doing everything excellently. And that's how what God required of this man to do. And so, yes, I, I, I do believe that excellent work. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I've heard before that people, some people want to take the excellence out of it mm -hmm. to like remove themselves from pride. I, I've heard that before. And I've also mentioned that on the podcast, but I don't think that that is uh, necessarily what God is asking from us. I do think that he does want and even requires excellent work from each and every one of us, especially, you know, it, it gives God glory. And actually going back to that book, Heart of the Artist, Sorry for mentioning it again. But the one thing that that guy says, Rory Noland, in that book, he mentioned uh, that back in the old days, when we wanted to see excellent work, the people would go to the church. And that struck me because it's just so interesting how that's changed. You know, we don't go to the church anymore to view art. We don't view, you know, we don't go to the church to look at the beautiful building or anything like that. It's considered prideful now almost. To have that kind of stuff inside of a church, it's 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 a very interesting concept to me. So, how do we keep going 
with tasks that we may not like that God has us do. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, I feel like that it's it's either or, you know, we do a task and we love it and we have to keep our pride out of it. Or there's something that God wants us to do that we're just like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. So, like, what do we do to keep pushing forward in that moment when God wants us to do something that just we don't really necessarily want to do in that moment? Well, yes, this hits home for pretty much all of us. I mean, I'm just literally finishing up, um, I think it was a couple of days ago, some 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 financial forms, tax forms, all these other forms, paperwork. And it was like, this is, is this giving God glory for me to, to, to sit here and like fight with these spreadsheets? And yeah. I'm an artist. Why am I have to deal with this? But just to kind of like go very, very honest, transparent with your question. I don't believe, number one, that this is easy. Um, I believe that you know, in a fallen nature, in a fallen world, all of us have a tendency to say things should be the way it is and it's the way it wasn't Eden. It should be easy for me. Uh, even with things that God gives us, the dreams and aspirations, it's like, well, if God opens the door, I should just walk in. And we forget that. Um, I believe in when you mentioned this earlier that I, 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 I think back to the verse in Hebrews where it says where, where for Jesus, um, looking forward to the cross, despising the shame, despising the shame, you know, step forward, taking up his cross. And in the same way, we have to pick up our cross and follow him. And of course, that was not easy. I've said this to a couple of guys in my men's ministry. Anybody who thinks Jesus was a wimp or if all pacifist and all peaceful, you carry a cross when you're half beaten up a mountain on your own strength. And you tell me that Jesus was not, <laughs> was not strong, was not able to lift burdens. And I mean, he was a carpenter by trade. Let's take that back to a little connection where he was someone that built things. And clearly some of that work was not fun work. It must have been very hard out in the sun day after day doing, as you said, Jen, excellent work, but having to follow through with the minute details and do things sometimes that weren't fun. And so I'll just take it back to where I have to think of it. And I have to remind myself, what's the greater purpose? What's the why? There's a greater purpose. As like I said, Jesus looking forward to the, the joy that was set before him, then endured the cross. If he didn't have joy before, before him, not to say in some weird way that Jesus wouldn't have endured the cross, but he did it for a reason. He saw what was possible for us, what he would be purchasing for us at the end of that cross. And he decided, you know what? It's worth it. I'm going to stick with this and not, not my will, but that will be done. In the same way, I have to remind myself every time that God gives me something to do that might feel like it has nothing to do with what I love or what I want. This is fun. This is not fun. This is tedious. My child is written on the wall for the 18th time. Why am I cleaning this up again? Um, why am I driving in this traffic every day with two hour traffic? And it just feels like this cannot be God. But yet he, he's teaching us to really count it all joy because those things worketh patience, those things worketh in us so that we can do his goodwill, so that we can follow through with the big thing and the big thing that thing God has for us. And it's really hard. Like I said, I'm not saying this like a cliche. Every day we have to like sacrifice and say, hey, God has a big why, a big what, a big thing in front of me. And I have to stick with the little things. And if Jesus had to learn obedience and work through those moments where he kind of had to struggle with his human nature and yet say that not my will, but that will be done, then I can do it in the small things of life and the things that are just annoyances or, you know, again, the things about that might lead to a big yes, but at the end of the day, I still have to say some little no's mm -hmm. on my way to the big yes. And, you know, I have to say, um, me being vulnerable now, <clears throat> you just convicted me because... <laughs> 
because uh, big sorry <laughs> i don't know if i apologize or should i no it's great but um probably about 20 minutes before we started this episode together i i struggle with migraines really bad and i have a migraine today like mm. man i'm just i'm struggling through it and 20 minutes ago i'm just sitting there i was praying i'm just like why why constantly like why can't I get past these headaches, you know? And, and I don't know what's causing them. I don't know why I constantly have them. I just get frustrated. But when you said that, you know, like, sometimes we do have to work through the little things because, you know, I might not understand my migraines right now, but maybe someday in the future, if I ever, you know, get past these things and figure out what's causing them, maybe I can help somebody else down the road who is struggling with these horrific headaches and, you know, 40 minutes ago, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking, whoa, me, you know, <laughs> poor me. You convicted me. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, number one, oh no, number one, we're praying for, 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 for healing. And I do believe God is restoring rest. You know, we know all those scriptures. And again, I think you're saying it right now, you're pressing through, you're pressing through knowing that, you know, the Bible talks about hope not making a shame. So we're not ashamed of the fact that we hope even though things are not actually turning around at the moment that we want them to turn around just like now. And you're proving once again that, hey, you're doing God's work even in the midst of this, the trouble with the pain. And so I, you know, I'm number one, praying obviously healing in, immediately for you. But number two, saying that, you know, the God that's your blessing right now, we're blessing people right now. And I think we're, we're, we're doing examples of that. I mean, I'm getting like, just like you said, yours was medical. Mine was financial. I got a call for a car part that I didn't have the money for just <laughs> 10 minutes ago. And I was like, well, again, well, God, at least I have a place I can dig into that I didn't want to dig into, but at least it's there. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. trying to stay grateful at all times. And so it's so important to, to keep us going forward. So thank you for being, share, being um, open and transparent mm -hmm. about that. <clears throat> well, Alan, you know, I, I think we're running out of time a little bit here. and uh, But I do appreciate you coming on so short notice. I actually asked him a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God's timing. Yeah, there God's we go. timing. And, and it, yeah, it worked out. I mean, we were able to do this together. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate you uh, shining some light a little bit on um, the work that Bazellel was doing. And uh, I still can't say his name properly, but that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We're going yeah. to look. We're going to look it up, and we'll have it. We'll have a couple more times. As you said, you're reading through the Bible. He does appear a couple more times, obviously throughout Exodus. Mm -hmm. So by that time, I'm pretty sure we'll have that down. And yes, I hope that something I shared from my from my my limited perspective on on biblical uh, uh, theology, but mostly from this point of creativity, um, I just see what an amazing gift that we've been given. And again, it's not just for creators. I mean, we don't know what Bezalel's work was before this, so. He could have been doing anything, but clearly this is a call to all Christians mm -hmm. that God can enter and use us to do extraordinary things. This was an extraordinary task, a huge task. I mean, literally representing God again uh, and the place that God would reside and doing it with the spirit of excellence, like you said, Jen. So I think it's definitely a wonderful topic. So glad that we got a chance to talk about it. Thank you so much, Alan. And once again, everybody, make sure to go and check out Alan's uh, podcast, God and Gigs. But, um, you know, Friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode this morning, and I appreciate it. And you know, as I say at the end of every single podcast episode, happy listening, and God bless.